Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, a big welcome to all you new listeners out there. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, let's get started. My guests today are Tommy Smith and Christian Wheelahan, who are based in beautiful Boise, Idaho. Tommy started tango back in 2012, and soon it became an obsession. Today, he is a tango instructor, DJ, and organizer. With a background in math and engineering, Tommy is an instructor who approaches the dance with an organized analytic method. He also teaches regular DJ workshops and has DJed at Montana's Tango Uprising, the Salt Lake City Tango Festival, Tango on the Rocks, and several others. Christian discovered tango along with Tommy, whom she teaches with. With a background in social work, she brings a positive, relaxed vibe to her classes. Together, she and Tommy teach in several locations around Boise, including the Student Tango Club at Boise State University. And joining me now are Tommy Smith and Christian Wheelahan. Tommy and Christian, thank you both so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Joe. I like being here. Yeah. Yes, thank you. All right. Okay, so just to get right into things, how did you fall in love with tango? I think what really drew me to tango was I I was interested in trying um, some sort of dance. Mm -hmm. Um, I had not done any dances growing up and didn't really do any sports so kind of interested in like doing something with my body Mm -hmm. and I gave it a try and I also tried a couple other dances Mm. uh, West Coast uh, Lindy Hop Mm-hmm. And it it was tango was really the dance that I wanted to go back to and mm-hmm. dance more and dance longer at. Nice, nice. So tango won out over other dances. So what was it about tango specifically that you really that really got your attention? For me, mm-hmm. it was definitely the music that helped a lot. I really liked the music in comparison to the other dances that I was dancing to the music to. And I really think that I liked the way that I was able to like work on my balance and move my body. Mm -hmm. That, Mm -hmm. that was fun for me. Nice. And how about you, Tommy? So, um, I love telling you the story. I, Watch this music video. You might be familiar with it. Uh, it's by OK Go called Skyscrapers. Oh, yeah. And I was with Christian at the time, and we watched it. And I just thought it was so cool, these different colored backgrounds, uh, dancing across these scenes. I think what I really uh, attracted me to it was uh, every movement was discernible, mm. unlike other dances that are much faster. You, mm. you know, It's hard to parse the information. Mm. But for tango and the way they danced it, it really attracted me. So me and Christian... We watched the video and we're like, we can do that. Mm-hmm. So in her living room, we just tried to replicate the movements of the music video, just okay. just pure footwork. We had absolutely no concept of lead and follow oh. at the time. Okay. As you can imagine, it turned out uh, horribly. You know, I was stepping <laughs> on her feet. We were arguing immediately uh-huh. about how you should do things. So I Googled uh, Argentine tango in Boise that night, and mm-hmm. that night a uh, six-week beginner class was starting. Oh, nice. So from from the moment we were very first exposed to tango where we took our first class, it was maybe, what, two hours? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just went into it. 
Wow. You discovered the video then you went right into it. So what was that first lesson like? I definitely enjoyed it more than Christian. Ah. I think that's fair to say. Yes, that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. I, I would say my dance journey was definitely more difficult. It was mm-hmm. not intuitive for me. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. For for all intents and purposes, we should not have stuck with tango. Yeah. The first class was very small. There mm-hmm. was maybe like two other people in the class. And okay. I think they were both leads. They were both leads. Uh-huh. Christian didn't have a ton of fun that first class. Mm-hmm. And the scene was very small. Okay. The dances were very small. So we see students now who they have a lot more and they're not coming. And when they don't come back, we're like, you know, in our day, <laughs> we had three leads and one follow and we liked it. <laughs> nice. So even though the first lesson might not have been that great for you, Christian, what, what kept you coming back? You know, at the time, I, me and Tommy had been dating about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I really liked him. <laughs> so I decided that I wanted to continue hanging out with him. Mm-hmm. So I kept going back. It was really hard for me. And I got really hard on myself mm-hmm. um, because I thought, well, I'm younger. This should just come naturally to me. And mm-hmm. it's not. So maybe. Maybe I'm not a dancer. Maybe I'm not a tango dancer. Yeah, those mm-hmm. negative thoughts. Yes, yeah. yes. So initially, it it was to hang out with Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of pulled you along. At yeah, first, huh? yeah. <laughs> so you, got, so you got good at it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now you do a lot of the, uh, something that a lot of us don't normally get to do, and that's teaching. So how did you both start teaching? Can you describe that journey? So we're, we were kind of in a unique position. If we had started dancing in a bigger tango community, uh, mm-hmm. a bigger city, I don't think we would have had the opportunity to teach. There mm-hmm. had been plenty of teachers. Mm-hmm. But in Boise, the, the teaching really came out of just necessity. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with tango, and there was one dance night a week. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to dance twice a week. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to uh, you know, start my own practica. Nice. And people are like, well, you know, people are a lot more likely to come to your practica if there's like a beginner lesson beforehand. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'd been dancing maybe six months. Mm-hmm. So I, I just said, well, there's no one else to do it. And I know enough to teach a beginner. So mm-hmm. I'll just start teaching. And that's just kind of how we fell into it. And I'm, I really liked it because I'm a teacher at heart. I am mm-hmm. a professor at Boise State University. Nice. I I grew up doing tutoring, so uh, mm-hmm. I feel like teaching really comes naturally to me. Okay. Okay. So dancing with each other, because I know that you, because I did a little bit of reading about both of you, so you, you're you a little bit more of a, what they would call like a technical teacher. You're really, Tommy, you're really kind of into the, uh, the technique, the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, Christian, you seem a little bit more intuitive and, little, and much more people-oriented. So how would you describe your, your teaching your teaching style. Yeah. So my background is actually um, I'm a therapist. Oh, okay. So <laughs> so me and Tommy are, are interesting opposites in that way. Mm-hmm. And the way that you describe my style is mm-hmm. pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to talk to people one-on-one and talk about how things feel in the body and also what's making sense and Mm-hmm. Maybe 
talking to students that are maybe having a harder time and encouraging them those those types of things so mm. that's kind of my that's my professional background where some of my skills come from okay yeah Chris really does a great job at empathizing with the dancer especially mm -hmm. the beginner dancer and validating their feelings mm -hmm. about struggling and and working on their their dance and feelings of you know, not being good enough mm -hmm. and people are really drawn to her not just in the lesson but just in the malanga in general I know she's had several impromptu therapy sessions mm -hmm. with various people who you know wanna wanna talk to you mm -hmm. yeah and tango is it is a really wonderful therapy it's great it is yeah, yeah. And that I feel like that really complements my style of teaching. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from an engineering background, mm -hmm. I really like to think things uh, through sequentially and mm -hmm. try and uh, get to the root of movements and and like what what the really essential part of it is, and try and build from a base of essentials to the more specific. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I have a very organized approach to the lesson. I kind of look at the big picture, and Christian really hones in on the individuals, nice. and I feel like that's really well. Yeah. yeah, good, good. Yeah, so when you're dancing together, so Tommy, what are some of the steps you really like leading Christian into? Oh, so many. <laughs> that's, I gotta, I gotta think about that one. <laughs> there, there are uh, lots of things that Christian is like really good at, and it mm. feels really good to lead her. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we Ali got really good at at first was I think rebounds. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So any any sort of Baleo type movement, any type of rebound movement, mm -hmm. they always feel just amazing with you. Nice. So if any any, any leads are listening and you get to dance with Christian, <laughs> you know, lead, lead some rebounds and they will feel amazing. Christian also has an amazing embrace and a this in the embrace. So she really enables very musical movements. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I just love dancing very simply with you where we're really just doing small things to the music and it, it feels just as good as if we were doing big things. Nice. Nice. And how about you, Christian, from a follower's perspective, what is it that you really like about Tommy's dancing? I really like long steps. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really like turns. Mm -hmm. um, me and Tommy have spent a long, long time working on our turns. Mm -hmm. um, so those, those are something that's really fun for me to do. Nice. Yeah. What was your very first dance like at a malanga? So I think when we started dancing in Boise, there weren't really any malangas. No. Mm -hmm. So our very, I think our very first experience might have been traveling to Portland or Tango Fest in October. Nice. It was our very first festival, and we'd been dancing maybe eight months at the time. Okay, wow. And, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, coming from uh, a smaller community at the time when we were dancing, you know, we probably thought we were maybe better than we were. Mm -hmm, okay. Definitely. <laughs> we got lots of compliments. We were already teaching, you know, so we, we roll into Tango Fest. And this at this time, Tango Fest did their Grand Malanga kind of in Quintro style, okay. where they the leads on one side, the follows on one side, and then the couples on the other. And we had Ooh. no experience with this. Mm -hmm. So we come up, we roll up into the malanga, and they say, okay, uh, are you a couple? And we're like, well, yeah. We didn't know the implications of this. Uh -huh. So we got started in the couple section, and it was very awkward for us. Like, nobody was coming over there. 
everybody was off with the uh, asking the singles. Mm-hmm. So I think it one dance with each other. Yeah. And then we left. <laughs> oh. We were just we were we were uh, we were not we were not uh, feeling it. Ah, uh, no. And you took classes at that at that festival. I take it. Uh, we did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember we took uh, Homer and Christina's boot camp, nice. beginner boot camp. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I think that was like three hours or three or four hours. Mm-hmm. And we we might have taken the the rest like some some beginner workshops and maybe one or two intermediate things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at least we didn't try to go straight for the advanced. Yeah. <laughs> like, like nice. So when you got back from that festival, did it really change your dancing? Did it? Did you really feel like wow? The whole world's kind of opened up. Yes, absolutely. Just that first experience when you go to a malanga, and for me as a follow, watching all the follows, and and just kind of having your mind blown Mm. to realize that I didn't even know where I was going, and then to see where I could go really blew my mind. (laughs) Yeah. So after that, you know, I was really gung-ho on improving. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I need to get serious about this. Mm-hmm. So we we kind of made a vow to travel more, mm-hmm. you know, because we were we were kind of topped out in Boise at the time. Mm-hmm. So we're like we need to take our we need to find information elsewhere and bring it back to our home community and, ah. and improve ourselves mm-hmm. and improve the community. Yeah. So I want to segue into a turning points in in our learning. So, what's some really good or memorable advice that you've gotten from from some lessons or from teachers that you still carry with you today? points to me. Okay. <laughs> so in our in our formative years of tango, mm-hmm. we were really fortunate to encounter some really good teachers. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I think probably the most formative, because we, we invited him to Boise so much, was uh, a teacher by the name of uh, Momo Smith. Are you familiar? Momo, I think I've heard the name, but I don't think I've I've met Momo. He's a uh, he's from Portland. Okay. And he is very much a connection-based dancer. Okay. So I think one of the, the best kind of learning experiences and pieces of advice was he not only talked about being simple in your dance and paying attention to your partner, but he really exemplified it every time he danced, every time I watched him. I think the watching was way more important than any verbal advice I could have gotten. Mm. And I think that has had me carry this philosophy of paying attention to your partner comes first. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds cliche, but it's, it really is about being deliberate and slower, taking your time, and not mm-hmm. letting the noise and the movements overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. How about you, Christian? I can think back to one thing that for some reason I, I really struggled with mm-hmm. was this idea of staying connected to the floor. Ah. And I remember at some point a follow saying it's it's like you're on ice skates mm-hmm. you know you keep you keep that skate on the ice mm-hmm. and and this was a really hard concept for me for a long time you know I would stay connected to the floor and then just lift up and place the foot mm. and then building on that is this idea of being grounded is something that I'd never done with my body mm-hmm. um, so this was something that I I really struggled with and I mm-hmm. think that's why a lot of ideas and advice on it really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, staying connected to the floor. I mean, if you're lifting, 
you know, I know sometimes when I was learning to follow, I would always lift my leg on ochos and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's so much harder. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah. I remember that one person, I can't remember who said this, but they said three things you dance with, the music, your partner, and the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, That really stuck with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Getting connected with that floor as well. Can't forget about that. Yeah. I know. It's your partner. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so Christian, you you touched upon this a little bit earlier in our our conversation, and it's actually something I wanted to ask both of you, is that a lot of our students, and sometimes we, when we began, you know, we were perfectionists, and sometimes we would have these negative thoughts streaming through our heads, either during a class or during a malanga, that we might be really afraid of making mistakes or afraid of not having a good dance, uh, afraid that our partners won't like us. So how, how, do you, how do you address some of those concerns? Yeah, that, that's a really great question. I think this idea that when you're dancing, you are giving your best and you're trying your most mm-hmm. and just being positive with yourself mm-hmm. and this idea that... Your, your partner is, is also thinking about their own stuff and maybe isn't centered in on everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's a concept that I think helps. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to think. <laughs> sure, sure. It's kind of a big question. Yeah, not everyone's judging us, <laughs> even if we feel that way. Yes, yes. Yeah. The, this is what I was <laughs> getting around to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how about you, Tommy? Uh, when a student approaches me and I can tell uh, they're afraid of being judged, mm-hmm. I really try and exemplify like as calm as I can be when mm-hmm. I'm dancing with them. And I try and really celebrate my dance with them. I, I know what it feels like to follow and, and feel like somebody's being judged or to lead and feel like somebody's, somebody's judging me. Mm-hmm. So I try and tap into that original feeling I felt when I danced tango Mm-hmm. And that's something I always try and come back to when I'm dancing, that joy where you're just like, oh, my God, I'm dancing tango. Mm-hmm. So every time their student has negative thoughts or I have negative thoughts, I'm just like, hey, I'm getting to dance tango right now. Like, mm-hmm. how awesome is that? that just, and, and that's like my, uh, uh, my, my lodestone that always draws me back to a, a good place in my head. Nice. Yeah. I think I think this idea too of really looking for what somebody is doing right and actually verbalizing that to the person mm-hmm. in a class. I mean, I think that that gives help and power to the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, kind of segueing from that concept to to the topic of community. Uh, in your opinion, what's what are some good ways for advanced students to help beginner students? That's a good question. Advanced students to help beginner students. Well, I think even if advanced students don't want to uh, particularly dance with beginner students, mm-hmm. I, I would never want to pressure anybody to dance with anybody else. Mm-hmm. I would say going beyond the dance and just being social mm. and integrating them into their friend groups, talking to them during the malanga, and just maybe inviting them out to to coffee or something before the malanga. Just anything they can do to make them feel like the beginner students are part of the community as quickly as possible. Mm. I think that's one thing Boise does a great job at. You know, we have a lot of dance communities in Boise, and 
we've heard on several occasions people come in and say, you know, I've been to all the other dance communities, and the tango community is by far the the most welcome and the mo the one where I felt the the home at the quickest. Hmm. For me, I we have tried the structure of teaching mm -hmm. um, that was developed by uh, Mitra. Mitra Martin. Oh uh, yes, yes, yeah. And it is called the Learning Lab, mm -hmm. Tango Learning Lab, and it, it has been. I think a really great way for advanced dancers to teach beginner because you go through a system mm -hmm. where you you start as a beginner and then you learn the different moves mm -hmm. that are in kind of like a ring set. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of call it a tongue-in-cheek, a, a tango pyramid scheme, <laughs> uh, where it's a peer-to-peer learning system where... Mm -hmm. The advanced dancers can teach the beginners, and the beginners slowly, you know, build their level, and then eventually they're teaching the new people coming in. Mm. So everybody kind of builds on each other. Everybody leads and follows, mm -hmm. and it's a really great way of building a community and giving a chance for advanced dancers to maybe teach a little bit, even if they're not uh, wanting to be, you know, full-on tango teachers. Mm, okay. It's it's good for the people coming in mm -hmm. because it's not like you're being taught during a practice. Mm -hmm. Um, you're being taught in a structured manner, okay. and that feels better. Nice. So, on that note, what have you learned from your own students? I think it's it's really great that the students keep reminding me, you know. Mm -hmm. what my own like weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. Teaching a concept that you take for granted to a student uh, really makes you examine that own concept for yourself. Mm -hmm. And they, they ask questions that you don't even, you hadn't even thought about. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that's a good question. Like, how <laughs> does that work? Yeah. Like, how, why does that work that way? Mm -hmm. And Going back to like my engineering background, uh, you know, I it takes me down a rabbit hole to you know get to simpler and simpler and more basic and more basic until I really figure out kind of the overlying concept. Hmm. So I I would not be the dancer I am today without the the way my students are having me constantly question. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. that yeah, one, that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it is really neat how uh, students will ask questions and they'll they'll force us to think. How do we understand this? Yeah, because sometimes you forget how much you know, then you got to figure out a way to explain it clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, students are ruthless in class. If you demonstrate something mm -hmm. and you demonstrate it in a way different than how you explained it, yeah. Or if you're not, if you don't demonstrate it well, you know, mm -hmm. they'll point it out. They'll, yep. They'll call you on it. Mm -hmm. So it really forces you to not try and teach something unless you're absolutely 100% confident in your ability to execute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So both of you, uh, you're also teaching with the, uh, the Tango Club at Boise State, which is, which is really great. So tell us a little bit about the, uh, the Tango Club. So uh, the BSU Tango Club, I, I kind of started it, what, three years ago? Three or mm -hmm. four years ago? Thank you. Yeah, four years ago. And so it didn't exist at all. Okay. We had, we had heard maybe like 10 years ago there had mm -hmm. been a club, but that was before our time, and it must have been, you know, dead for a while. Mm -hmm. So actually, funnily enough, one of the reasons I became an adjunct professor at Boise State was so that I could 
<laughs> started bingo club. Oh, that's great. Um, it's dedication. Because I did go into the university office and I said, "Hey, what? How would how would one start like a tango club here? How would one get that get that going?" Mm-hmm. And they said, "Well, are you a student?" And I said, "No." They said, "Well, are you a faculty or professor?" And I said, "No." And then they're like, well, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> like, oh, okay. Random people can't just come in off the street and start a club at a university. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it started just with two people, mm-hmm. and we were figuring things out, and it's really kind of waxed and waned over the past four years. Mm-hmm. Um, this year is really a rebuilding year for us because mm-hmm. all of our officers graduated. Mm-hmm. And I heard from talks with uh, Mitra, who's also very much into the university scene, that yeah. this is a common for clubs mm-hmm. to really struggle with keeping a consistent passing of knowledge from one person to the other. Mm. Mm-hmm. What are some ways of doing that, of, of keeping of keeping it going, of uh, passing that knowledge, as you said? It's, it's really important to try and generate passion in the students for tango. Mm-hmm. You, you need to kind of move past the concept that this is, is just a, solely a social thing mm-hmm. where we just get to hang out with we're friends and oh we also are like trying to learn tango on the side mm-hmm. yeah it, it's really important to identify the students and foster in them this this love for the dance itself mm-hmm. and try and pour as much knowledge as you can into their brain so that they can you know pass it on to somebody else and it's not always you teaching people from scratch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we been fortunate too because we've had people from the Boise tango scene mm. who have been dedicated in coming to the uh, BSU tango club meetings and yes. participate in class mm-hmm. and that really helps. Yeah, it comes back to the, the larger Boise community having this, this uh, sense of community ownership mm-hmm. and about themselves so yeah. the fact that they come out and support the club you know through no direct gain through themselves just mm-hmm. just for wanting to see the scene grow really makes me proud of our community yeah yeah that's great yeah because you don't want the the university scene to be isolated from from your bigger community that's great that they're all coming together and helping each other right and it's so easy for a university scene to become isolated and mm-hmm. exist only on the campus yeah, um, getting the communities to mix, I think, is one of the most important things you can try to do with with that type of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Yeah, it's it's really fun to watch young people getting interested in in, in tango because some of the times they they really pick things up, and it's just really nice to see that energy. Yeah. So, what are some strategies that you employ to help keep these young people interested in tango? Because there's so many other things going on in their lives. So. Even though I was down on the, you know, people thinking of tango as only a social activity and not liking the dance, Mm -hmm. um, really emphasizing the social aspect helps. Having uh, after lesson, you know, going to get uh, a meal together or something like that, you know, seeing students, fostering students getting together outside of class to practice and hang Mm -hmm. out, that's one big thing that really helps them stick. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've seen as the difference between those who come back and those who don't, those it's people who make friends. Mm. There's also a lot of relationships developed from the, the, the tango scene. A lot of, uh, a lot of uh, boyfriends and girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something else that can really help is we try to plan a trip to a festival. So 
Uh, we've been either going to Helena, their festival, or Salt Lake oh, um, nice. because it's drivable. Mm -hmm. And that that can really be a motivation to stay around is this idea of this going out of town and dancing together. Mm, yeah. yeah. So if you stick with this club and you put effort into it, you get to go on this really uh, kick-ass trip yeah. uh, at the end of this. Yeah. Um, the other thing that that we do is, is in terms of music selection. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's, I think it's really important to use modern and alternative music to draw mm -hmm. in the young. Yeah. Um, I myself, I, I I really have a passion for traditional tango music, mm -hmm. but I have to put that aside sometimes to uh, for the betterment of the community. Mm -hmm. And then once once you hook them with the with the alternative, then you start to it's almost like a bait and switch. Get that, get that traditional music in there. Yeah. Show, show them how awesome it is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Because I, I know you're also a DJ, Tommy. I was going to ask you about your thoughts on alternative tango music, and yeah, it's good that you to like that you're willing to to embrace it. I know that can be a very divisive topic amongst uh, amongst some people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That I, I've definitely seen um, more debates over traditional and alternative music than mm. anything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of funny. I a while back I had on um, the lead singer of Otros Aires, and we talked a little bit about about that. And, and you know, and there was a time when Darienzo was considered kind of controversial, but we consider him a classic now. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny. He was yeah. He said, "Oh yeah, you know, if Darienzo were alive today, he'd be a really awesome DJ. He'd be a really great remixer." So that that was, that was really. I would cool. love to see the DJ. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get into DJing, Tommy? So that's a really fun story. When <laughs> when I first started dancing in Boise back way way back when uh, six years ago, mm -hmm. there uh, we had one practica, and the music for the practica was on an iPod, mm. and it was the same playlist every time. Okay. So if you can believe it, for a whole year I danced <laughs> to the exact same playlist <laughs> every week. <laughs> And I, I really wanted that to change mm -hmm. <laughs> as, as I traveled out of town and I got exposed to, you know, different tango music. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of, I, I just taught myself the basics of DJing. There were some really good resources online. Homer Lattice's uh, had, had a PowerPoint presentation on DJing. Mm -hmm. I remember their uh, Tangology 101, the website, uh, had a bunch of tandas that were mm -hmm. just pre-made that I from. So there were some resources for me to just teach myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I taught myself and I and I kept offering to DJ that mm -hmm. night and, and they didn't want me to. So that was another thing that led me to starting my own practica and, okay. and learning to teach. But really it was the DJing that came before the teaching for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I got a quick question about tango music for, for both of you. So uh, is there? It's always interesting to hear about what people like, but I always like to talk about sometimes what people don't like. So, is there a a popular a song or an orchestra that a lot of other people like that you don't particularly care for? Maybe I'll answer while Christian thinks. So, yeah, there's there are some things that I don't like, and I really mm -hmm. don't have an explanation for it. Yeah, it's just yeah. this happens. So. Mm -hmm. I apologize to everyone who's listening, but <laughs> I don't really like dancing to Damari that much. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know why, but every time I'm just, I wish I was dancing to Desarly. It's like a Damari Tonda comes on and I'm like, oh, this, mm. this could have been Desarly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But objectively, uh, mm -hmm. Damari is great. Yeah. You know? yeah. Just for some reason in my heart soul, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't resonate. 
Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, it's good to have like, you know, the differences in taste. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, for for me, I'm going to answer with alternative, um, not all alternative. Um, <laughs> one example, and I'm sorry for people who like this song, but it's just the one that pops into my head is mm-hmm. it's called Lemon Tree. Lemon Tree. Um, yeah, and it's a alt song that that I've heard once in a while mm-hmm. and it's very light and happy and mm-hmm. for some reason that really bothers me it's so happy <laughs> not <feel> right <laughs> so okay. i don't like it okay that's well, that's fine to, that's great <laughs> christian tends to hate dancing to happy kind of bouncy type music in yeah. general okay. yeah that's true right, right. so I, I play i play maybe an alternative tonda that's that's maybe like a a happy vols or something like that and mm-hmm. Christian's like I hate it <laughs> get that out yeah. yeah that's funny there's this one song I think I mentioned this on an earlier episode there's this one song um, by Desarly called Cara Sucia and a lot of my students love that song but for me it just really reminds me of this jingle from a Mr. Clean commercial from the late 80s <laughs> And it's and I just kept thinking Mr. Clean when I hear that song. It's like uh, I don't know, it kind of ruined it for me. But it is a beautiful song. But don't watch that commercial; otherwise, it might ruin the song for you. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it's on the commercial's on YouTube. So if you want to find it, you know, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so okay. I think it's like eighty nine, nineteen ninety, around that time. Yeah, I don't know who thought to put Mr. Clean commercials on YouTube, but yeah. <laughs> Like, and now we hate Karasusia. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a lovely song. I, I purposely put it on my playlist because people like it, and I'm trying to not think too much about commercials when I dance to it. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's, it's good, though, that you, um, you know, you, you play songs that you personally don't like, but you know other people do. Yeah. 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 That, that can be hard to do for DJs sometimes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's when I go to the food table and, you know. Get something to eat. All right. So Christian and Tommy, how do you keep challenging yourselves? There was one interview I saw with uh, Noelle and Carlitos mm-hmm. uh, where they asked Carlitos kind of a similar question. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, you always you always have to be uh, inventing. You always have to be uh, exploring. I think he said exploring. Mm-hmm. So to keep things to keep growing, to keep things interesting for us, we're always trying to explore our, our dance between each other. Not mm-hmm. necessarily, you know, taking new cl- classes and learning new concepts from other instructors, but really trying to teach ourselves things. Mm-hmm. I think this this ability to invent and explore within your own dance mm-hmm. uh, without any external information is really important. Nice. And I would say for me, watching performances. Mm. And, and watching the people who have, you know, worked <laughs> worked for so many years and mm-hmm. are able to do some amazing things and to keep striving and, mm-hmm. and thinking, I want to someday maybe be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're kind of performance addicts, uh-huh. uh, which really help you grow, but it also has the dark side, I think, <laughs> of giving you unreal expectations. Yes. Of, <laughs> I see. How your dance should actually be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but it's important to get that inspiration and then to act on the inspiration as well. So yeah, you mentioned uh, your love of your local community and that's really wonderful. So you've visited a number of communities, Tommy and Christian, and you've seen a lot of students, you've worked with a lot of students, you've, you've visited a lot of people. So what are some key ingredients, in your opinion, that make a really good community? And by community, I mean in places that are like smaller cities, um, not like New York, where it's like, a you know, get millions of people. It's a, it's a big scene. Whereas, yeah, because a lot of the, the major cities in the U.S. where there are tango communities are smaller than New York. <laughs> we would call them communities. So what, what are some key ingredients, in your opinion, that help make those communities effective? Opportunities to dance. So... Mm -hmm. For us, I think, and for the community at large, having only one practica a week mm -hmm. was the barrier to wanting to work on your tango because you're you're only doing it maybe once a week and maybe you had something you had to do that week. Mm -hmm. So maybe once or twice a month or mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the, 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 the main players in a community are, you know, the ones who influence its growth and they mm -hmm. kind of set the tone for yeah. how a community is. Mm -hmm. And having organizers with uh, an open heart uh, and who are willing to work with everybody, who don't, who don't have a, a one like set expectation that they, that they want the mm -hmm. community to, you know, they shape the community based on what other people want. Mm -hmm. And also, and that takes kind of a, a lack of ego or an ability to take your ego and and put it aside for a while, mm -hmm. being able to say, you know, uh, I, I, I don't have to make this exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. it, I have to, you know, listen to other people and work with other people. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So many times I've seen even smaller communities kind of fall apart because there are multiple different organizers who just can't work together and, mm. and they can't compromise on, on a vision. And, and, you know, that's really sad to see. But the communities that really grow have multiple players, uh, organizers, who you know, are just great individuals, and they, they, they're willing to work with uh, you know, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think some interesting things uh, that Tommy has done in Boise has when you make, you organize an interesting event, Mm -hmm. Like Tommy has done some brunch malongas mm. where we dance in the mornings and we have mimosas and pancakes. Nice. Or uh, <laughs> like at the BSU Tango Club, we did a casino malonga where oh. it was kind of like we were dancing on a roulette board. Yeah, the whole car was a roulette. <laughs> yeah, and then we'd mm. roll dice and win prizes and um, those types <laughs> of um, innovative ideas mm -hmm. of taking an event and making it, here's a tango event with kind of a cool twist to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being creative like that, that's, that's fun. Yes. Good, good. Okay, so what are some future projects you're working on? In Boise, some future projects are, I really want to get another uh, DJ workshop going. Okay. Um, I, uh, I want to train up more DJs in Boise and have because I think the more the more varied tastes we have, who are well informed, the mm -hmm. just the more fun we'll have dancing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll have more fun dancing because I'll get to dance to cool music that I'm I'm not I don't have to DJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are working on a learning lab 2.0, mm -hmm. uh, where before we were kind of working within Mitra Martin's curriculum, mm -hmm. and we want to start pull our maybe more of our own ideas into that. 
yeah. and work on that. And then there's always the, the festivals that I organized. Mm-hmm. There's the Tree City Tango, which is going to be in June next year. Okay. And the, the Connect Tango Festival in Ashland, Oregon over Thanksgiving. Okay. So those those take up a lot of time. Yeah. Um, uh, which I wish we had more time for, like other you know projects. There, there's there's way, there's always more projects rattling around in my head than there's time for. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So where do we find out more about you online? All right. So <laughs> Christian just looks at me like, tell him. Tom. <laughs> yeah, I want to know. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, our uh, our community website tangoboise.com has information about you know Boise if you're interested in checking that out, and we also each have an instructor page. Mm-hmm. where you can read more about us, see what we're doing next. And then uh, the the, fa- the Facebook group, if you're mm-hmm. a Facebook user, you can go on there and check out kind of what's brewing for either us or in the Tango community, mm-hmm. uh, the Boise Tango community, mm-hmm. and see where we're going next. Okay, mm-hmm. great. So tangoboise.com, and I'll also have your Facebook page in our show notes so people will be able to go over and find out more about you. Oh, nice. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, Tommy and Christian, thank you so much again for taking the time to talk to me. I know you've got a lot of things going on. You're busy. Really appreciate it. Well, I really appreciate you, Joe, taking the time not just to talk to us, but to uh, do this awesome podcast idea for the past, you said, a year, yep. two years? Just, I just passed the uh, the one-year mark a little a little while ago. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think it's a really valuable thing to add to the wider, you know, worldwide Tango community. Uh, giving people a, a forum to talk about their ideas and mm-hmm. also a place to go and listen to other people's ideas and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, with teachers like yourselves, uh, I think I've said this before, you know, when you're in a workshop or you're in a lesson, you're sort of concentrating on the content of the class, but there are a lot of experiences, a lot of insights that you had that, that you know you don't necessarily get to express that. And this is the medium where, we get to hear about maybe the non-physical side of tango and you know find out more about the uh, the other things that make you tick and to learn about your own histories because there are people out there listening who might be like oh well, i felt that way too when i was beginning and and yeah so they're not alone out yeah, there it was really fun for us to talk about it and to revisit some of the things we hadn't really thought about in mm-hmm. a while yeah that's true yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay well thank you both again and stay in touch if i'm ever out in the northeast or northwest rather um love to meet y'all in person Absolutely. yes i hope i hope we're, we'll be at a festival or a, a place somewhere uh, so we can talk in, in person yeah uh, off the record yeah absolutely <laughs> it'd be great Okay. All right. You both have a great day. All right. You too, Joe. Thanks. Yep. Take care. Okay. Another fun conversation. It's great to hear how two people with very different teaching styles can work together. Tommy and Christian are really good at leveraging their individual strengths in order to be as effective as possible for their students. And that also speaks to the way in which they connect with each other while practicing or on a malanga. They're both able to identify specific things that they enjoy about each other's way of dancing. I like what Christian said from a follower's perspective about not forgetting to stay connected to the floor. Other teachers have mentioned this in previous episodes, but it never hurts to hear it again. The floor acts as another partner, and that extra connection really helps. And speaking of connection, I think it's important to reiterate Tommy's point of paying attention to one's partner, being aware of what they're doing. That helps us maintain focus and to tune out all the distractions that may be happening around us. 
I also like the advice of setting aside the fear of being judged and instead to always remember the joy that tango gives us. Yes, it's hard work, but we wouldn't be doing it if it didn't make us happy, right? So thank you again, Tommy and Christian, for sharing your thoughts and for your time. And as always, thank you to all you listeners out there for tuning in. I really appreciate your support. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to head on over to SoundCloud, iTunes, or whichever podcasting platform you're using. Click the subscribe button and leave a good rating and review. It really helps when you do that. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.